This week on the Sunny 16 podcast, uh, we have a super special guest, which is always nice. Uh, There's talk of pilgrimage and something about being 500. And any progress on our personal projects? Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, This is Aid, this is show 38. As you may expect, I have my good buddy Graham with us and we also have a super special guest this week. So first of all, Graham, how are you? I am fantastic, thank you, Adia. I am all good. Um, I've not had as much chance to do anything exciting this week, which is why I am thrilled skinny to have our guest with us today because he's something of a legend, wouldn't you say, Aid? Uh, well, I think he is, yes, yes. But, uh, you know, we uh, wouldn't want to give it away too early, would we? Or big him up too much? Maybe maybe let him blow his own trumpet for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we want to give a very warm welcome to, um, I'm going to say Mr. Instagram. I think that's definitely the, you know, the title you should go with, Mr. Instagram. Mr. Mr. Film Photography. It's it's. It's Mike Padua. Oh my God, we got a big clap for Mike Padua. He made us promise to clap for him. So. Hey, 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 everybody. Yeah, this is where they insert the uh, the applause sound effect. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Mike. It's fantastic to have you with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm really excited to do this. You are, I, I think in some ways, you're a bit like... Um, what was that guy on MySpace called who friended everybody when they joined up? MySpace, Steve? Is that what Tom, Tom, Tom. MySpace, Tom, yeah. thank you. I, yeah. You're a bit like that because it feels to me like you are the onboarding ambassador for any film photography enthusiast who joins Instagram because I have never met anybody more engaged with the community on Instagram than you. Um, how how do you do it? How do you find the time and the energy to to just be there for everyone to sort of say, hey, you know, nice photos and take an interest. How do you do it, Mike? Uh, you know, honestly, it's a lot of work. Um, but I mean, I just enjoy it. I think that's where I mean, out of all the vibrant communities across the Internet that are, that are focused on film photography, I mean, it's just super vibrant and, and I think super accessible on Instagram. I think that's what. That's what makes it. Um, that's what makes it easy and, and and fun. You know, there's just so much of it, and and there's so much film photography on Instagram that it's just you, you know I I can't help but be there. It's what I find about Instagram is that it's and it's, it, maybe it has downsides with this as well, but it's a very um, secure, friendly environment. There's no backbiting. There's no sniping. There's no digital versus film conversations people are just happy to be on there and sharing photos and it's um it it is a really warm and encouraging community of shooters out there yeah absolutely you know i I think i think part of that is there's there's really no opportunity for it i mean there's a post and this could be considered a downside to instagram like like you mentioned but i mean you know somebody puts a post up a bunch of people see it and they comment and like it and and then it just kind of moves down the line, you know, with 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 Facebook, there's a post will linger and and there's comments and things can take a dark turn sometimes. And there's just not a whole lot of opportunity for that on Instagram, at least in our community. 
That's very true. I mean, I suppose we should say, although it seems unnecessary, because as A just pointed out before we started, you've got how many followers on Instagram now? I can uh, do this one. It uh, says eighteen point six k. It's so many. There we go. That you don't actually have to count 6. the tens or the units. You just just down <laughs> to the nearest hundred. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. They started. They started giving me the the, the k's. Right. <laughs> So it seems highly unlikely that anybody listening to this doesn't know who you are. But for those unfortunate few who have yet to be initiated, um, let's let's get a brief potted history of uh, you, Mike. So first of all, um, you are the founder of ShootFilmCode.com. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, ShootFilmCode.com. Um, could you tell us a bit about ShootFilmCode? Shoot <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it it um, it just started small. I just wanted to make um, a couple of patches, like embroidered patches, uh, just to, I guess, um, because of my love for film photography. And I, you know, and as a teenager, I grew up around like, like punk rock and stuff. I was in a bunch of bands, so the patches and stickers were always a big part of my life. Um, and being a photographer, you know, like putting those two things together, I just thought like, it'd be cool to make some film themed patches because my other passion obviously is, um, is film. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, that's how that came about. You know, I just wanted to make a few patches and I started making a few patches for my friends. Um, and then they would say, Hey, my friend asked me about this and, and, and it just kind of, it just grew from there and, you know, it's, it's grown from patches stickers and, and pins and now i'm carrying zines which we'll probably talk about and uh um yeah that's that's the long and the short of it so so this all grew from basically your desire just to make some nice patches i love the fact that punk rock somehow goes with patches that feels like a really nice combination of anti-establishment and you know some nice arts and crafts sliding together very well there. right yeah yeah just channel your rage into some fine embroidery right <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, this is taking me back now you say it like that mike i hadn't realized it came from there but yes it's back back to the days of a black leather jacket with a with a denim jacket over the top of it you know with patches all over it it's uh oh yeah yeah absolutely uh, some pretty pretty awesome stuff you got some some good punk bands coming out of california there as well i mean it's a good place for it isn't it Oh, yeah, especially, you know, in the well, I, I hate to be the, the the old like get off my lawn guy. But in the in, in the mid, you know, the late 80s and early 90s, there was a really, really vibrant um, punk rock scene here. Um, like Smash Mouth. I, uh, well, you know, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 sure. Whatever you say, man, whatever you say. <laughs> It's all right, Mike. It is okay to say no to Graham. It's fine. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I was, I was so impressed by that left turn that I just, I'm speechless. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a great scene. You know, obviously, there's the the bigger like mainstream guys like Green Day and stuff, and um, you know, and uh, uh, which incidentally they, you know, they they played tiny little shows at the youth center here in my hometown, and. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, ton of ton of great bands that coming out of here. So the um, the shootfilmco.com, you started making these patches and then these pins. 
is that what led you to really engaging with the community? Was it was that something you were already doing that you then, oh, wait, great, I've got this plugged in audience? Or was it a case of, well, if I'm going to make these things, I need to try and you know, let people know that they're out there. What, what came first with that? You know, they... I guess they both came at the same time. I, when I started Shoot Film Co., I think I had something like 200 followers. Um, and I, I didn't really understand Instagram. And I, I can't claim to fully understand it now, you, you know. But, um, but uh, they really came at the same time. I had, I had so few followers. And, um, you know, all, all the, the followers I did have and everybody I was following, they were all film photographers anyway. So I would just post the stuff there and it, it just – it just grew from there and they both grew up at the same time. And a, a lot of your patches uh, are, I have a real sort of classic um, horror f- feel to them. They're, they're a lot, you know, the whole film is not dead, is really embraced. Um, where, where do your design ideas come from with that? What inspiration are you drawing on for that stuff? Um, I mean, they come from everywhere, but for the most part, I, I, I like to think that they come from my head. Oh, <laughs> um, you, you know, I, th- that's such a tough question, but, but I have this rule that if, if something makes me chuckle, then, then I make it. <laughs> so, that's so, a good rule. you know, I just, yeah, yeah. So I have this, I have this like running list of things that I want to do, which is, you know, a few dozen things deep at this point of, you know, things that make me, that make me chuckle. And if I think it's if I think it's the least bit clever, then, you know, I'll, I'll make it if something like rhymes or whatever. Or if I wake up in the middle of the night and, and think something, then, you know, the rule is it gets made. That sounds fantastic. It's a great attitude to have towards these things. That is, I think the one thing that always comes through in everything you do is you just really seem to be enjoying it. Um, every every interaction that you seem to have with the broad world, whether it's through your um, your Instagram, your Twitter feed, or your website, or your um, YouTube videos. In fact, I've even got here. This is what I love about this, down to the smallest detail, because I ordered some patches from you last year, and included in there, you gave me a couple of um, analog recording and record keeping and undo devices. Um, which to the uninitiated, uh, they may know them better as pencils. But no, this is a, a you know an analog record keeping an undo device, uh, and I love that. There's it, it's right through to the very core of everything you do is this uh, joy, at what you're doing, um, and I think that the the place where your passion for this stuff really has come through the fore as far as the stuff that you're doing through Shoot Film Co. has been the photo memo book which you brought out last year, which has been uh, it seems quite a, a phenomenon, really. You know what it has? I, 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 I had no idea that they were going to be as popular as they were. You know, it started out as just something that I wanted for myself. Um, and I thought, like, hey, I bet, you know, I bet I could make a few of these and people might like them. Um, and it turns out people people really like them. So, uh, but yeah, I, I mean just i'm so grateful for the response to that and uh no idea it was going to be as popular as it as it was as it is and how how have you been how has demand been because it got some fairly huge exposure didn't it because the entire photo press it seems picked up on it or at least all the online press um it was everywhere did that catch you on the back foot at all I mean, yeah, it did. I mean, it really, really caught me by surprise. I had no idea it was going to get the exposure 
that it did. Um, and um, yeah, I, it just took me by surprise. I mean, it's just, I mean, as of right now, I'm, I'm sold out of the things and I'm getting messages daily of like, when are you going to have them back in stock? And, you know, I just, they're, they're literally going on press in a, in a couple of days. And um, yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, it's been, it's been enormous. That sounds awesome. And because the thing that people may not realize, and we were talking before that I hadn't realized this, because everybody who sees you on Instagram and on Twitter um, and sees all the stuff you're sharing about, you know, the, the photo memo and your patches and the cameras you're sharing about may not realize, because I certainly didn't, you're a professional photographer. You're, Shoot Film Co. is a thing you do on the side for enjoyment and you know and obviously hopefully make some money from it but it's not your job you're a professional photographer by trade um and i didn't realize this until doing some googling and even when i found your website it took me a little while to convince myself that that was you because he's like but i've never seen any of this stuff you never talked about any of this stuff um could you tell us a bit about your the day job well yeah i'm i'm a photographer obviously um and uh, so I, I started out my professional career in photography. Is I I wanted to be a um, a movie stills photographer. So a lo- what a lot of people don't realize is there's a guy on movie sets that is there all day and just takes still photographs. So like when you see a photograph in in a magazine or you see a photograph in a newspaper or online or something, that's not taken from the movie camera. That's taken by a stills guy. So when I found out that that was a thing. I thought to myself, that's what I want to do because I love photography. I did it as a hobby and, um, you know, I had been shooting film since I was a teenager in the nineties and, you know, I kind of, you know, did the, the whole digital thing. And, but that's where I, I started out. And then I kind of branched out into, into shooting, um, like live theatrical performances, um, promos for a bunch of, uh, uh theatrical production companies here in the, in the San Francisco Bay area. And then, um, when that, after I had kids, the, the the whole travel of all you know all the travel involved in that stuff was a little too heavy for me. So um, I opened up a, a studio where I just uh, worked with actors and did headshots and portraits and and stuff like that. So I've got a studio now, um, and um, yeah, that's that that's what I shoot. But I do I am a photographer. There is. Um, like you mentioned, I don't talk about that. Actually, I don't talk about that at all on Instagram and. Um, there's really no real reason for that. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I consider Instagram and, and Twitter, I consider that stuff in, in a different outlet than my, my professional life. Yeah, people definitely want to check out your website, though, because I mean, you've got some really beautiful portraiture on there. Um, There's lots of really lovely stuff. And it's interesting as well, because you're clearly drawn towards the arts, as you said, towards filmmaking and towards theatre. And so that is the subject of your photographs. And um, there's lots of really lovely stuff on there. Do you ever... um, use film with what you're doing or are the two very separate things you you, know, you won't use film for that kind of work that's the studio work is all very much digital yeah that's the case is that is that the studio work is is very much digital and, and you know the only reason for that it, that's not to say every once in a while i'll sneak in a film shot but it, you know the big reason for that is that um when an actor comes to me and needs a headshot they want it yesterday you know yeah. when i shoot a when i shoot a a, a live theatrical production for promo purposes um they actually need the photos 
that night because they're usually opening the next day and they need to submit photos to a newspaper or any, you know, news outlets like that night. So, you know, um, film is just not in the cards for that. And again, that's part of the big, uh, reason I wanted, you know, shoot film co is kind of a big outlet for me is because, you know, I have a huge passion for film and I needed a, a place to, to be able to exercise that and, and put that. That actually brings me on to another question because obviously you've got this, you know, your Instagram, your Twitter feeds, and you've got some really interesting YouTube videos as well where you're um, demonstrating some really nice high-end point-and-shoots cameras of which I am very, very jealous. The one thing I struggle to find is photographs that you're taking with your film cameras. Now, I'm sure you are, <laughs> but you never seem to share them. So, one, why not? And two, what kind of stuff are you shooting? We know you, you know your professional work is all... Um, headshots and portraits um what what are you shooting what's your personal photography like and um and why aren't we seeing it god damn it mike <laughs> that's a that's a great question so all my personal film photography is is photographs of my kids playing like in the backyard or at a park and i just I, i'm just not sure if people if people care about that you know like i i kind of feel like you know what i'm not gonna um I'm not going to inflict this on you guys of, of 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 another photo of of my you know my my daughter on a swing or or my son on a scooter or something <laughs> like that and you know e even though I like looking at those pictures from other people I just I don't know I just uh, I, I I guess I don't feel compelled to uh, to do so. Yeah, like, sure. I, get, no. I can get that actually because I I take a lot of photos of my kids, but the stuff I tend to post, if it's not to do, if it's not portraits of other people, which is more more what I'm trying to do recently, it's actually you know sort of urban landscapes from my commute and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's that's the stuff I tend to post most of all, rather than you know uh, uh, yet another photograph of one of my children doing something only, right. only mildly interesting to me, let alone anybody else. You know, it's like. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's all, like literally all of my all of my personal photography that is all shot on film is, I mean, it's literally my kids playing or, you know, me and my wife at a restaurant eating burritos or something like that, and I <laughs> and I just think who like, doesn't want to see that? Oh, right, exactly. In fact, I'm posting one right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but so so that's why you know no big um, no big secrets or anything like that. It's just like. Uh, it, it's just a it's just a matter of like you know do do um i guess i just want to i'll post what i feel like seeing at that moment you know yeah no i completely and also i don't think it's the worst instinct in the world to not share hundreds of photos of your young children um i mean like i said i've shared pictures of my kids on their age has pictures but i think just not having a lot of them on the internet is probably a good Good plan. Probably more than one reason why that's a good idea. They won't um, thank us later on, will they? No, they will right, not. Right, yeah. They will, <laughs> they will not. You do seem to have a, a real love for... Um, point and shoots doesn't feel like it's the right word, but you know these the high end um, of that market. Uh, are they your go-to cameras? I suppose for what you say you're shooting, it makes a lot of sense, but is that your kind of go-to when you're shooting film? Um, you know, I, I have many, I have many go-tos. I, I, 
I love point and shoots because they're so fun. And um, in in my area, uh, th- that you know, I'll walk into any given thrift shop on any given day, and it's pretty likely I'll run into something that uh, that is that is pretty nice. You know, um, not to say I've gotten all my stuff from thrift shops, but um, but uh, but yeah, like when I'm out with a family, if I'm at the just at the beach or something, or if I'm just going out for a bite to eat or whatever, and then, you know, it's just a, a point and shoot is, is what's going to come with me. You've shared videos of a, a handful of different ones. Do you have a particular favorite? Cause they, I look at all those and go, that looks really nice. I'm probably never going to have things like that. It's you know, things like, <laughs> like the Yashica T4 and um, I can't remember what the Nick on this, but you, some nice, good, good quality. What's been your favorite so far? So I can lust after it. Uh, so, I think the most the most fun so far has been uh, the Nikon 35 Ti. That's probably the one that, that you're talking about. It's it's a point and shoot. If 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 the listeners at home have never seen one of these things, it it looks like a pretty simple point and shoot, but it is literally one of the most complicated piece pieces of of machinery I've ever put my hands on. It's got all kinds of custom functions, so many that I can't even remember what half of them do, um, and uh, it's it's all. It's all accessed through these weird combinations of button presses and stuff. Uh, but, you know, just just shooting the thing, it just acts like a regular point and shoot. Um, and it's got a wonderful lens on it. But that's probably been the most fun to to play with so far. Uh, quite often, I think last year in particular, you went off on the trip somewhere and were sharing regular infuriating pictures of you wandering into a random thrift store and coming out with armfuls of just the best haul of photography stuff um how many cameras do you own mike i have to ask oh god you know i i stopped counting guys i have i have some real issues with, with <laughs> collecting this stuff i mean you know it, it it it's arguable that one might call me a hoarder something that i'm <laughs> It's something that I'm working on daily, but I don't even know how many how many cameras I have. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of these, to be honest with you, I just I'll, I'll give it away to a friend or, or give it away to, on Instagram or, or, or whatever randomly. But, you know, the truth is a majority of them don't don't get used. I'll, I'll put a roll through them. I'll film test them um, just to make sure that they're working or just for the experience of saying, like, OK, now I've I've shot this this Polaroid that I found and it's working and I can say, yes, I've shot one of those. Um, but, uh, I, I have no idea how many I've got. You, you do just judging by what you picked up on that trip. I can imagine that your house is a bit, it's like the people with newspapers just stacked up everywhere, except with you, it's just boxes of cameras everywhere. Do oh, you yeah, have cat, cats and cats and mice crawling all over them? <laughs> I, f- I feel the need to interject here. Cause Graham, isn't that a little bit what, like what your house is like? I, I know. Don't get me wrong. This is purely jealousy. I'm, I'm looking at my going, well, he's just doing better than me at this. He's doing better at descending down this terrible, terrible hole. He's going faster. Aid, Aid tell us, t- tell me what uh, Graham's place is like. Let's paint a paint a mental picture here. Well, it's <laughs> it's um, an extraordinary house, really. Um, it's just full of toys. Uh, uh, to, to, to be fair, because uh, I mean, you know, our listeners probably know that Graham and I don't live very close to each other. Well, I mean, it's only just uh, an hour and a half or so be, uh, drive between the two of us. So, but we don't actually get to meet up very often. Uh, but so, oh, I, I've only been to your house once, I think, haven't I, Graham? And yeah, yeah. Uh, I was yeah. So the, there's there are cameras on all the shelves. 
um, uh, and there's plenty of shells. Uh, a lot of them, though, are um, Russian cameras that you could stop an elephant with if you needed to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and then you know, uh, there's there's a guitar which is good fun, and yeah, there's the, there's the podcasting booth and studio, of course. Um, and somewhere this I is hear all in a, the one room. I hear there's a dark room as well, but I haven't been in there. Uh, to be honest, yeah. going inside a darkened room with Graham is not top of my list of priorities. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? Wait, hold, hold on. What kind of guitar? Uh, this is my first guitar. Um, I, I just before Christmas, I got myself a, a Yamaha Pacifica 112V. So it's sort of, you know my beginner's guitar for for the, the Pacifica. That's like a hollow body, right? It's, uh, no, it's no, like no, a Strat. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Are you, so you you were in bands, weren't you? Of course. See, backing up my airtight, uh, ignoring the people that don't fit into it, airtight theory that photographers and musicians go together hand in hand. See, what did you play well, yeah. in? Yeah. Who else is gonna Who else is gonna take pictures of 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 these nuts? Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. But. Uh, I I, uh, I played guitar. Um, the last band, I, it's been years since I was in a band. The last band I was in was in 2008. I played bass in that band. But um, growing up as a kid, I was I always played guitar. So, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I also at the moment have a keyboard, just like like a musical keyboard lying on the floor. Um, it's yeah, uh, it, it it does look a bit like a bomb's gone off in a combo camera shop and music shop in my house there's just crap everywhere um i'm i'm I, i'm bad at picking up things going yeah this is the thing i want to have in my life oh yeah i'm going to learn the clarinet that sounds good do, do i need a saxophone probably let's get two One of course doesn't work. yeah it doesn't matter oh hold on <laughs> yeah this is all well, good you need it you need a backup saxophone. Yeah, I do. I, mean, I, I could do with one of the two of them working, and then I could do with learning to play one of the two of them. But you know, you, you don't you don't rush these things until then. I'll just play on the didgeridoo. That'll be fine. <laughs> if, if you knew how small my house was, that would be even funnier because it's not a big house and it's so full of crap. Um, it's full never of good mind. stuff. It's full of good stuff. And and yeah, the, yeah. When when we did your photo shoot for my chain reaction project the other week. I could literally have just stayed around your house and played on the guitars and other things all day, and and uh, you know it was it was a bit of a uh, needed a bit of mental will to get out there and shoot the photographs. I'm glad we did; it was good fun. But uh... as as um as a long since ex girlfriend once said, "You're like Peter Pan gone wrong." Um, yeah, with, with these cameras, do you have a white whale camera? Is there something that you really want to get your hands on that you've yet to manage to? You know what? My white whale camera uh, came into my possession actually last uh, last November. I got my hands on a Leica M6, which is a Ooh. camera that I've I've always wanted, and um, I finally just broke down. I I found like a an amazing deal on one that I just. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I just thought I get the feeling that your wife's in within earshot. An amazing deal on one. Of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honey, honey, can you leave me alone? I'm on the uh, I'm on the phone here with my friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So it, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just couldn't say no. And you know, it would. It's the camp. I'm a rangefinder guy. I love SLRs, but I'm just I'm a rangefinder guy. I've always wanted a, a Leica M6. This opportunity presented itself to me i could not say no so i'm now the owner of a leica m6 and that that is that is my white whale 
and how's the experience been? Has it been everything you'd hoped it would be? It really has. You know, it's um, I I now I feel that I'm on the same level as uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson. <laughs> 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 no, you know, in all seriousness, it's just a, it's a fun camera to shoot with, man. I, I like I said, I'm a rangefinder guy. I, I love SLRs. I love point and shoots. Obviously, I have a ton of point and shoots, but I just love um. I love rangefinders. I love the focusing mechanism. Um, and I, I can't even explain what it is. Just uh, there's it, it, there's so much pleasure in shooting a rangefinder to me uh, over an SLR, which I also love. Uh, but uh, just I, I love rangefinders, and this is kind of you know I, I, I guess to many people, myself included, it's kind of the top of the heap. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does seem to be that way, and, and it's really great to hear because we see it on Instagram that Aid and I, neither of us have ever had the chance to shoot with a Leica, um, but you certainly see plenty of people who own them and love them, and you know they are held in exceedingly high esteem. Um, but it's really good to hear the opinion of somebody who's wanted one for a long time and then finally got one because it's the kind of thing that if you've gone through your lifetime really wanting it, and also you've got to shoot with a lot of nice cameras it could have been you got it and went nice all right what's the, what's the big <laughs> right. yeah, I mean. yeah 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 and, and you know i know people that have that have lusted after a liga for for months if not years that shot one and and, and said yeah it's okay i'm, I'm probably gonna sell it you know <laughs> yeah and um you know i guess to each his own but uh you know uh, shooting the thing is is just a lot of fun it's just there's not all there's there's not a whole lot to the camera. It's not an un, it's not a complicated machine. You know, it's just it's just kind of distilled down to everything that I want. Yeah. Um, and uh, and but but yeah, I mean, it, it it has been a lot of fun to shoot with. And and you're still just using this camera to take pictures of your wife and children and nothing else. Oh oh yeah yeah you, you know I mean <laughs> uh, uh, amazing amazing decisive moment pictures. Yeah, that's what I was going to say <laughs> and all black and white I trust because you, you can't shoot color in a Leica I think that's in the right terms of right no it's just loaded loaded with you know just loaded with fifty ISO black and white and um, but uh, but yeah I mean you know it just half of the uh, half of the fun in photography is in the experience you know I think the I think that the end result of the photograph and, and the negative and the print, that's all important. But, you know, the, the other side of that is the experience, too. And I think the experience counts for something. Leica has that, Leica has that perception of it's a, it's a rich guy's camera, you know. But, I mean. I think that's because it's really expensive. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, is it? Is it? I, think, I, is it? I, I wouldn't know. Why, yeah. <laughs> well, seeing as you've got I, such I an amazing know, deal just, on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't know that it's expensive. I just sent my assistant out to to pick mine up. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the receipts around here somewhere, but um, but yeah, yeah. You're 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 right. You're right. I mean, it, it is an expensive camera, but you know, it's not like a. It wasn't a decision made lightly. You know, like I've I've wanted one for years. I decided in January of 2016 that I wanted one, and it took me 10 months to actually pull the trigger on one. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, so, I, uh, I think it's I think you're absolutely right about how important the experience of shooting is. And I think that's a large part of the reason why those of us that love shooting with analog cameras do so, because the the experience 
with a lot of the cameras it is it is a more engaging experience than shooting with a digital camera and if you've got a camera that you are just really enjoying using almost as an um unintended well not unintended but as a consequence of that you're probably going to take better pictures because you're going to be in the flow with it. That does seem to be the the thing that recurring thing that you see about people who are using Lancas is that it becomes like an extension of who you are. You're not thinking, oh, I need to do this and I need to do that. It's like, no, it's, it's, as you said, it's a simple camera. It gets out of your way and lets you take the pictures. And I think that sounds, uh, I'm really glad that that's been your experience with it. Well, you, I now know that we need to continue lusting after one aid, it sounds like. It, it does, it does. I'm, in, I'm intrigued, actually, uh, to hear you say all those things you just said in the last 30 seconds or so, Graham, because actually you are somebody who does use a, a lot of cameras. And I think if I was going to say which one you love and you, you'd go to, it'd probably be one of your Olympus OMs, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's de- there's definitely a lot to be said for for that level of comfort, which I get as well from some of mine. Right. OK, uh, I'm getting a little bit hot under the collar from you guys talking about all this lust, albeit lust for cameras. So I think we need to take a quick break, cool off, um, have a sip of fudge vodka or whatever your tipple of choice is. And we're going to come back and I'm going to tell a story about selling a camera. Okay, whew, a little bit of a break. I'm a little bit cooler, less hot and bothered, and uh, I've had a sip of wine as well, so a little bit more relaxed. Um, I'm going to talk about selling a camera now because, you know, just to balance everything out because, you know, I'm not a hoarder like Graham, and it sounds like Mike's a bit of a hoarder as well. uh, uh, Well, in all fairness, I'm trying to get rid of some. So, I mean, let's not throw me under the bus just yet. (laughs) By your own admission. By your own admission. (laughs) And also, in all fairness, how exactly are you trying to get rid of them, Mike? Because it doesn't sound like you are at all. You know what? That was was. that was five minutes ago. I'm a changed man, so I mean, you guys don't get to judge me. Okay, that's a very good point. We shouldn't be judgmental. Uh, at least collectively, we shouldn't, because I have to balance out Graham, who's decidedly judgmental. But there you go. Hell yeah! <laughs> All right. Anyway, listen. Proper story. So, uh, I can't remember if I've ever mentioned this place on the podcast before. I must have done. Uh, one of my favourite camera shops is a place in London called Greys of Westminster. Now, if you can imagine, uh, lots of, a wood panelled room uh, with lots of uh, wooden cabinets with glass fronts. And in these things, it's chock full of cameras and lenses. They have uh, uh, a ground floor, which is all the new stuff. And they have uh, a a basement, which is full of secondhand stuff. Uh, The difference is that it's all Nikon. Uh, which works really well for me. I'm guessing, Graham, it probably wouldn't work so well for you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'll be honest. Sounds like the worst place on earth. To go there and go, oh, look at all these cameras, none of which are of any use to me. Um, well, you know, uh, they would be, and uh, and they are an excellent place, uh, a, a wonderful place. Uh, links in the show notes, of course. Now, I have a number of Nikon cameras, uh, including... <laughs> 
what a bold statement that there'll be some show notes. Uh, I have I have failed to put show notes up for at this point so many weeks. I'm afraid to even start again. At some point, I have to sit down and spend an entire day putting show notes up. All right. Well, for, for just in case you don't um, and you don't reform yourself in the next few days, uh, anybody who wants to find this place can just Google Greys of Westminster. Anyway, moving on. So I my first ever serious camera uh, that I bought way back in ooh, 2008 uh, was a Nikon D80 uh, digital SLR, um, probably about one step below the entry level camera at that point. And it's been hanging around in uh, my cupboard of, of camera delights uh, for quite some years now without being used. So I took that and a, and a bunch of Nikon DX lenses uh, and took them up to i made the pill do i can i say pilgrimage yeah why not it is a bit of a pilgrimage yeah, i don't get yeah, to go why there not? Very, yeah i don't get to go there very often and it's an amazing place and uh, i always come back with a slightly lighter wallet <laughs> but that's okay <laughs> uh this week's trip uh i got rid of a bunch of stuff i got rid of i think three lenses a camera a couple of speed lights uh which, all of which had not been used for a very long time and i walked away with uh, a rather nice 24 millimeter lens Ooh, very nice yeah i tried several i tried some uh i, I don't know whether you'd call them vintage but the, the nikon ais lenses at this point are 40 years old pretty much um or maybe 35 years old they're from the late 70s early 80s uh, I didn't go quite that um, quite that back, far back. I bought a lens that must have been designed in the late 90s, uh, but uh, actually they still produce today. So I actually bought a brand new lens from the 1990s. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, the 24mm AFD lens, for those that are interested in the specifications for Nikon stuff, uh, I think it's a maximum f2.8 aperture. And uh, that kind of rounds out my set of primes now for Nikon. I'm quite pleased because I've now got the tw a really good 28, uh, a really good 50 and a really good 85. I've also got a fairly soft 35 just for, uh, I know, kicks, I guess. <laughs> but... is, is your 35 an AIS? No, the 35 is a Series E, uh, uh, which was a... I've got a fairly soft 35. That just sounds so rude. <laughs> Well, as opposed to my really sharp 85. <laughs> uh, sorry, carry on. Child. Right. Back to the photography. Uh, no, the, th the th 35 mil I have, Mike, is a, a Series E, uh, which is which was a sort of consumer-grade lens from the, yeah, the yeah. late 70s. It was like a kit lens for the cheaper bodies, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I, I quite like it, actually, but it is noticeably soft for a prime lens. Um uh, but I still use it occasionally. Um, anyway, the 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 therapeutic sense of, of offloading a, a, a basically a whole drawer full of gear um, was quite nice, actually. Uh, either, either of you ever experienced selling a whole bunch of photography gear? <laughs> I I don't think I've ever sold anything. No, I tell a lie. I did once you can... sell one Zenit, and then I felt bad about it afterwards. Wait, you can you can sell gear. You can, but I think there's a circle. In, I think there's a circle in hell reserved, especially for people who do, Mike. So I can't recommend it. Yeah, yeah, I won't do it. But no, yeah, no. you know, in all in all seriousness, yeah, I've I've sold. Um, I kind of do uh, almost every year at the beginning of the year. I'll just go through a bunch of stuff that I just, and this is not easy for me, guys. So I'll go through <laughs> a bunch of stuff, and just you know if. 
you know, I haven't used that thing in six months. It's it's got to go. So I'll I'll sell it. And uh, but uh, but yeah, I did that again just at the beginning of this year. Yeah. You. So you know you saying you do um your film photography is all family and your wife and your um kids um do you use artificial light when you're doing that because obviously you it's something you're incredibly familiar with from your portrait work do you do that with your film as well or do you like a much more low tech approach with that no no I mean uh, I I avoid using flash even at, at as much as I can if I'm if I'm shooting film just for myself yeah so there you go Ed you're you're the only weirdo here. I yeah, I like using light. I like to play with light. For me, photography is mostly about light. Um, uh, I have the luxury of not needing to do it for a living, um, and uh, not really very often having people worried about what my photographs turn out at. So you know, where you experiment with cameras, I experiment with light. And uh, where you buy lots and lots of cameras at car boot sales and all that sort of stuff, uh, I tend to buy lights rather than cameras. But uh, anyway, um, another thing is, so uh, just going back to the whole thing about Greater Westminster, they have some incredibly rare stuff in there. They've got like fisheye lenses that cost a hundred grand and stuff like that. But what I did see was a camera that really resonated with me and then shocked and horrified me. Because you know that I shoot uh, by choice, my Nikons are the Nikon FE2s. So they are um, SLRs from the early to mid 80s and they are uh, the 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 famous nikon that they're a bit like is the fm2 uh which is the m being for manual uh, or mechanical rather i should say uh they have meters in them but everything's mechanical whereas the fe2 has circuit boards and it can shoot aperture priority because it's electronic but they had in there a collector's item uh which looks exactly the same technically it's a, a nikon fm2n but it didn't say that on the front of it, like most of them did. It was a sort of orangey, tan-coloured leather uh, with a silver metal body. And it said Lapita on it. This is L-A-P-I-T-A. And I actually had to look this thing up. Because the thing that shocked me, right, for a camera that you can buy, I don't know, for 150 quid, uh, they wanted 10 grand. <laughs> And, you know, OK, so Mike's into Leicas. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, I don't think it, anybody would be surprised that a Leica is expensive and that they're a collector's edition Leicas. But the, the Nikon do a, a few as well. But this apparently, I had to look it up on Japan Camera Hunter. <laughs> uh, and apparently it was a very limited edition uh, version, Japanese market only, uh, sponsored by some sort of Japanese magazine, lifestyle magazine that doesn't even exist anymore. Um, but I just thought, wow, I'm running around with a couple of these things in my bag. And, uh, yeah, it cost me about 150 quid a piece. And you could spend 10 grand on one. Yeah, I mean, it has got an engraving of a frog on it. So that makes it worthwhile. <laughs> Wait, so do you, do you have one of these? No, good God, no. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Yeah, because I've never heard one. I mean, I'm, I'm on eBay right now. It's like, oh, my God, I wonder what they're <laughs> – I've never heard of this thing. What is it? 
So, no, it's, so sure. if you know what a, a mid '80s Nikon SLR looks like, um, uh, absolutely, an FE2 or an FM2 or an FG or any of them, and they all look fairly the fairly the same. So they had the very pro levels, the F2s, F3s, etc., which were the big clunky ones uh, compared. To, you know, I mean, very very professional, uh, equivalent to today's top of the range Nikon and Canon things, but just below those. So what would the equivalent be today? It would be a Canon 5D, or it would be a, a Nikon. On, I don't even know what the Nikon would be, an 810 or something like that. You know, that just below the sports camera, but still very, very professional level. It's, it's that kind of thing, but from 30 years ago. Um, uh, but this is definitely just a collector's edition only one. Apparently, they only made 100 or so. If you want to, uh, if it's, um, it's on J- Japan Camera Hunter, but it's, uh, it, if you just Google Nikon Lapita, L A P I T A. Uh, you should see something that looks familiar, except that it's a bit orangey. Um, and uh, it was an oh, astonishing thing. Um, they also had some gold FM2 ends in there as well, but they were only a few grand by comparison. <laughs> so it's like... Oh, ch- child's play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yes, uh, that's uh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just, you know. Uh, I, I bring it up because you know not everybody necessarily knows that you can get collector's edition Nikon's in the same way as you can for Leicas, and it's um, it, it both uh, 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 I don't know it excited me and appalled me in equal measure. <laughs> yeah, I mean it just goes to show that um, the Japanese are just as capable as the Germans of recognizing that there are some people out there who will pay an awful lot of money just for exclusivity. Um, because yeah, the only thing that's different about this camera is it has, uh, the orange, um, leather finish to it and, uh, Lapita and the frog engraved on it. That is it. Um, that's fairly impressive. That's a good way to make money. Although the fact they only made a hundred of them, uh, I guess, limits how much money they were going to make but it's all that whole yes. thing of rarity it is it is but there uh i mean you've got things in the in the shopping grades you've got you know stuff like um uh multi-role film backs that went into space and and you've got because because nikon of course is one of the brands that gets used by nasa a lot alongside hasselblad um and so you know if they want bulk shooting uh in those days in space you you have these big machines that sort of you sort of you it's almost like if you imagine one of those big zeppelin docks for an ipod yeah or or for an iphone imagine something that's almost that size but you're not docking your iphone you're docking your little nikon slr into them <laughs> and they take them up to space or you know there was one that should shoot 750 shots or something like that of 35 mil just off the one back <laughs> Are these the ones that they, they're like cylindrical? They look almost like uh, uh, magazines to like machine guns. Is that, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what they look like? Actually, you've just triggered a memory. They look like the guns of Bugsy Malone. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that's that. So that yeah, you just look at it. And go wow, that's that's some awesome stuff. So anyway, yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking a lot, and I'm rambling a lot about this shop. But anybody, uh, I know that uh, a lot of people that live in London know about this place. But anybody ever visiting London? Anybody uh, who who doesn't know about it uh, and, and uh, likes to, to have a look at some interesting Nikon stuff, I very much recommend. And I think I'm I'm gonna stick with the word pilgrimage. That is definitely the right verb. I made the pilgrimage to Grays. <laughs> <laughs> and bought a new lens along the way. 
It does sound like the most London-ass lum- London shop you could get. Greys of Westminster, go inside and buy your £10,000 Nikon in the uh, wooden and leather built shop. It's, uh, it is yeah. exactly like that, but really friendly with it. So when you get there, they're not really snooty or anything. They're just really friendly and helpful. And they were quite happy to get loads of lenses out and stick them on the counter for me to try because I took one of my cameras in as well. Uh, and uh, they said, yeah, just try whatever you want. And, you know, they're, they're, quite, quite weirdly, they'll even let you go out in the street and try stuff if you want to. <laughs> like... Oh, you're kidding. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in a part of London called Pimlico, which is quite a smart area uh, in Westminster. It's quite residential as well. And uh, they, 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 they don't seem to mind. You can tell you, I'm, I guess, with the most expensive stuff, they'd probably be a little bit uh, wary of it. But, you know, average stuff. They do, yeah, go out in the street, try it. You know, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, enough of that, enough of that, enough of that. Um, I think we need to move on because the next item on the show notes for today is uh, we're going to talk about 27 Zine again. So those of you who remember, I don't know, one of the early New Year's shows, actually it's still only February, isn't it? A couple of weeks back. Uh, we talked about uh, wanting to make a zine and we talked about it being the year of 27 zine and it turns out that our guest sells zines quite a lot of them actually on shootfilmco.com uh mike tell us about zines well i mean zines are um for for folks that are unfamiliar zine is short for fanzine or or or, you know, maybe people think magazine, but the, the term zine came from fanzine. It's basically a a short-run, self-published um, work, whether it's, you know, art or writing or photography. And, um, yeah, I, I, kind of calling back to the days of, of when I was in a band, and, um, you know, we would, make, we would make zines at Kinko's so that when we go on trips to go play shows or whatever, um, we would sell zines along with our, you know, our, our tapes. You know, we would... We had tapes back then, you know, because awesome. I'm old. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, we would we would sell these. So you know, it's just something that it's something that I've always loved ever since since I was a kid. You know, just because every every time we we go to a punk rock show, there would be a table full of zines and a bunch of people selling zines, and I just felt like it was a natural thing with with Shoot Film Co. that I had. You know, I realized very quickly that like that I have an audience of people who love film and photography and what better way to shed light on the medium and the artists that shoot film than to feature their zines in, in the shop, you know? So I just started contacting a bunch of people and, you know, I I don't have huge capacity. Shoot film co is, is, is one person, you know, it's, it's me. So I don't have giant capacity. I can buy, I can I, I can stock maybe 10, 15 copies of any any zine at any, any given time. Um, I wish I could stock more. Um, I wish I could stock all of them, you know. But uh, but yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, one one artist at a time, just kind of feature that person and get some get some light shed on on their work. So how do you you said you approach people to do this? I mean, were these people you had particularly close links with or are you just seeing people's work on Instagram or wherever it may be and thinking, ah, this, this could work. How were you choosing who to feature in the first place? You know, so, so the way it started is I, I saw a guy I follow on Instagram. Um, his name is, uh, uh, Christopher details. 
is his uh, Instagram name. But I saw that he put out a zine, and I, I just saw that zine, and I thought, wow, that's a that's a that's a beautiful looking zine. I I should sell that in my shop. So I just sent him a message, um, and that same night I sent uh, a message to another artist by the name of uh, John Wilkenning, um, who had put out a zine of all um, all pinhole stuff. Um, called Tiny Plastic Box. So I sent him a message, and you know those were the first, those were the first two that were in my shop. And so from there, um, once people got wind that that I was doing this, then I started getting submissions, which at this point I can no longer keep up with. So um, if you've submitted something to the shop that you want, and I haven't gotten back to you, I'm really sorry, but um, I, I'm trying to get back to I'm trying to get back to everybody. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it started as me reaching out to a couple of people who I saw they were putting out work and they were amenable to, you know, send, sending me 10, 15 copies of their stuff to put in the shop. And um, it just it just grew from there. Now I'm, you know, I'm taking submissions online and um, and uh, so, so I'm so, just approaching it like that. So are you producing these yourself now or are these still um, you're selling through things that other people are making and then they're sort of putting them through and you'll become a shop front for that stuff uh i'm not producing them i'm not i'm not publishing these uh the artists themselves are publishing them yeah and then i just you know i basically just buy their inventory from them so i can have it in the shop um and in my listing what what i want to make sure to do is i want to make sure to drive traffic to those artists because you know i i respect them a lot and I, i enjoy their work immensely and I want everybody to enjoy their work. So, you, you know, in the in the product listings, I always put their their um, social media information and their and their websites and stuff because, you know, like I said, I I sell ten or fifteen of these things. It's not, um, you know, my my goal was not to to make money. It was just to shed light on these these artists. And I mean, I've had essentially no contact with zines, but I'm aware of what they are and what they were and. It looks though the, the the zines that you're selling through now. I mean, it looks at that in some ways, calling them zines is perhaps selling short what looks to be the quality of the um, print and things like that that have gone into it. And they look like, I mean, obviously different people are doing different things, but they look they're they're well put together um, zines. What what's been your um, you know, what have you found from these? Are people making higher end products now? Because I would imagine the zines back in the day were. Um, the cheapest thing you could throw together to get out the door to promote your stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, the zines back in the day were literally, you know, 11 p.m. at Kinko's, just begging the counter lady for a discount, you know, on photocopies, um, <laughs> and then hand stapling everything. And um, but but yeah, I mean, the quality of a lot of these things are are amazing. I mean, they're just, you know, some of them, it, it, like you said, zine, the term zine maybe selling them short i mean some of them you could just you could call these are photo books you know and they're 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 beautiful full color or black and white um great quality paper great printing excellent work of course um and uh, you know i think the i think the zine is more the term zine is i guess more of a of a cultural thing you know that it's kind of it's kind of a little bit more I guess a little bit more independent, a little bit more underground, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the quality is, um, the quality that people are capable of nowadays and, and that is accessible to people, um, is, is pretty amazing. 
You said that you've been inundated with people getting in touch with you, wanting to to sell through you. Uh, what what do you think has been the cause of the resurgence in in zines or through people trying to put work out like this? What what do you think is driving this? I think it's the same. I think it's the same reason why a lot of people are shooting film again or deciding to pick up film to begin with. Um, there's n- to me, there's nothing like looking at a photograph printed on a piece of paper over a cup of coffee. You know, um, there's nothing like that. I actually, so not to get off the rails here, but I actually uh, just saw Gerhard Steidel speak the other night. Um, and I, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, with who he is, but he's, He's um, he's a publisher. He's one of the most well-known publishers in the world. Uh, he published Robert Frank's work, um, just hundreds of artists. But um, I'm not even sure where I was going with this. But, uh, <laughs> but he, he he said he said something that really, really, really struck me. He said that the the best way to consume a photograph was invented hundreds of years ago. It's called the book, um, and and that really just struck me. Um, and I think that's, I think that's the truth. There's nothing like seeing a photograph on a printed page. I I love the internet. I love digital distribution. You know that you can post a picture and 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 a thousand eyes can see it right then and there. I think that's awesome. Uh, but there's just nothing like seeing a photograph printed on a page. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I. Um, after cameras, I think buying photography books is my bad habit of choice because there is you could you want to really scrutinize pictures or at least i do if a picture grabs you you want to really look at it and just dive into it and it's really hard to do that on any digital device um no matter how big you can make that picture there is something about that connection there um and i've got you know, a few books that I just, you know, immediately spring to mind. I think, oh, yeah, that, that's a book I can just sit with and really enjoy looking at the photos. So having seen, obviously, the ones that you've already had come through the store and all of these ones that you've got now that people are sending to you and, you know, getting in touch with you about, what, what are you learning from these? What advice can you give to people? Because I'm sure you must be seeing some that you look at and think, this is better than that and vice versa what makes for a good photography zine in 2017 that's a great question i think i think the the biggest key is just is is just share share what you love um you know it if if it's not the greatest copy quality um you know if it's not the greatest print if it's not laid out perfectly don't don't let that stop you just get it out there and if if you love and you're passionate about your work that's going to show in in your work and people are going to get a sense of that you know a, a lot of people have asked me for advice on 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 you know how how do i publish a zine i've been wanting to do it for years and you know i just don't think i i'm good enough and my advice is always just just do it if you love it just just do it. You know, the, the biggest obstacle you're going to face is, is just simply choosing to not do it. So, um, I think it's going to show in your work if, if you love it and you're passionate about it. The 
all the ones you've got on the store at the moment, the one thing that does seem to be the a through theme is that they all have a um a, a distinct theme. It's like all of this work is on this theme. Um and I guess that's quite important when you're doing a I mean, how many pages do most of these zines run to? I think the biggest one was like something like thirty six pages or or maybe 42. I mean, these are not, you know, these are not gigantic volumes by any means, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, I think the biggest one I've gotten was, was 42 pages. So I would imagine that it's, you need to have a really cohesive idea of what you're sharing within that. When it's a small, when you're not sharing a huge body of work, what is in there needs to, to work together. You don't want to be throwing 50 different ideas into a, uh, a book that holds 42 pages for example you know because otherwise it just it, it it's easy to lose people because the thing with zines is you know like i said i'm looking at the ones you've got in here now and you've got um well you had a couple by christopher detail as you mentioned and you've got um a few by nate matos matos um and um uh, by james ag and they all seem to like i said just be this is what these photos are about it's quite clear from the onset and so that's what are going to draw people to pick them up and leaf through them. Um, have you had any, you know, have you had any experience of people sending you stuff that is m- more random? Yeah, a little bit. So one of the ones I'm selling right now is, uh, it's called river city low lives and that's got a theme running through it. It's by, um, it's by, you know, these artists that they're, they kind of, they're involved in the car culture. Um, and it's not so there's kind of a cohesive theme, but there's stuff of, you know, just them just skateboarding or just hanging out or, or, or whatever. So even if it's not even if if it's not just super, super cohesive, it's like I think the the biggest key, I think one of my favorite things about these things is they're a peek into a slice of somebody's life. Um, and that's just, uh, you know, that's for, for me, that's what makes them really interesting and, and really attractive yeah I, I i love the variety of stuff that you have on there it really does seem to be um covering quite a range of photographers and photography styles do you where do you want to go with this what are you i know at the moment you're just overwhelmed with what's been sent but what would your what would you like to achieve with it i mean are you hoping to ha- end up having more stuff on the store would you ever like to get into publishing like actually making these things yourself uh yes i do i think that's down the road but it's not a super priority right now you know a lot of people like i mentioned earlier they're they're publishing their own stuff but there are also a lot of people that want help with it and um if i can be a resource to that down the road um that's something that's something i'm open to but right now is the priority is just to um get as much stuff in the shop and get as much exposure as I can for the artists that are that are making this analog stuff. Sounds good yeah. to me. I mean, and, we, and I get, I'd like to say that we could probably help you with that, but you've got eighteen point six k followers on Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not quite sure what the boost is that you're going to get in your numbers from being our guest this evening. But they, they may well. drop slightly. <laughs> maybe maybe but I'm well, trying... this is I, I you know on the contrary this is this might be the one where you guys uh, uh lose some some uh, subscribers man so i apologize in advance <laughs> no absolutely absolutely <laughs> not listen i tell you what we need to keep going um but 
uh one thing i quite often forget is to ask our guests uh where they would like us to send people who are listening so mike uh can you tell us uh where you'd like people to go to see uh either your professional work or your uh shoot film coat uh work or anything else on the internet well, you can see uh, the Shoot Film Co. stuff at uh, shootfilmco.com. Um, and uh, you can see my photography, my professional stuff at mikepadua.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-D-U-A.com. And uh, you can find me on on Instagram, the Mike Padua, And uh, I'm on Twitter as well. Um, and I'm, I'm the Mike Padua on Instagram because somebody took Mike Padua <laughs> before – before I was savvy to Instagram, so you know I was a little little late on that one. People will know um, it's I'm you uh, though, because it's got a lovely little picture. Your icon on Instagram is a is a picture of uh, uh, a badge, isn't it? it? Says film is not dead. <laughs> yeah, that's that is that is me. <laughs> Excellent. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back with some shout outs. Right, it's that time of the week that we all know and love where usually Graham shouts at people. Um, I have it on good authority, because he's just told me in the break, that actually he's tired of shouting at the internet. Um, It's like, it's a bit weird, but there you go. Hey, um, so uh, we are going to invite our guest, Mike, uh, to shout out to some people. Or if you want, Mike, you can always shout at them. Yeah, well, okay, just, should I just do this at the top of my lungs shouting out? Is this a literal thing? <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> well, if you can get some angst into it, you know, some, some yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to shout out my wife. I, I mentioned earlier that Shoot Film Co. is just one guy, and that is technically untrue because uh, my wife actually does all the packaging. So she helps me out with that late at night with a glass of wine not unlike what uh, what you guys are partaking in now. She'll package all like the, the pins and patches and stuff. So thank you so much to my wife, Elise, who is a big supporter of everything I do. I, I couldn't not do any of this without her. It um, made me it made me laugh. My, I was looking at one of your videos. I think it was the video you put up on YouTube, um, the behind the scenes for when you were making the photo memo book. And the video didn't have many comments on it, but I think like, the only comment on there was, oh, yeah, a cute wife. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are worse. Yeah, that is. That's her. That's her. That is my wife, Elise. <laughs> okay, who else would you like to shout out to? Uh, well, I mean, you guys. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I listen to you guys while I ship orders, and uh, uh, Matt Day. Uh, I think everybody knows who Matt Day is. Bellamy Hunt, Japan Camera Hunter, um, just uh, great supporters. Everybody who's supported me, everybody who's making stuff, everybody who just, you know, is is a film shooter. Um, you know, none of this stuff would, would happen without everybody's support. So um, that's uh, – um, and all 18,600 of my Instagram followers, I'm going to shout each of each and every one of them out. Yep. individually right now i hope you guys have time um, it's all right but, I'll, uh, I'll edit it i'll edit this out it'll be fine <laughs> yeah there we go we'll just sit back. okay it's let's fine. go I'll be, I'll be aaron aaron a aaron's <laughs> uh and uh but yeah th- thanks to thanks to everybody i really appreciate it 
Cool, excellent, thank you. Right, so I have, uh, I, I don't have 18,000 shout-outs. Uh, I've got uh, three, I think. Uh, first off, actually, somebody we mentioned last week uh, because he gave us an iTunes review. This week, uh, Martin Smith, uh, at Martin Smith on Flickr, or at Western30 on Twitter, has posted loads of photos to our Flickr group, Sunny16 podcast on the Flickr. Uh, you know, thanks to Martin and to everybody else that's been posting up there. Um, I would like to thank uh, a diplomatic envoy from a little bit north of the border for Mike. Uh, this is from Canada, uh, not as Graham repeatedly insulted you all with last week, Canada. Uh, any apologies there, <laughs> Graham? I know not a strong point, but you know. Nope, zero apologies. Okay, so I would like to say hi to Ian Christie. Uh, on Twitter, he is at Ian Christie Info. And he kindly tweeted after last week's episode and said he has confirmed there are definitely three listeners from Canada that he knows Woo! of. <laughs> This is fantastic news. So thank you, Ian. Uh, thank you for listening and to Ian's friends as well. Uh, right. I would also like to uh, shout out to Claudio Gomboli um, at Gomboli on Twitter. Um, now, it, it sounds uh, like a foreign name, but Claudio lives in London, I think. Um, just because we kind of connected this week because both of us have been wandering around London. There have been some great sunsets. Uh, they sort of rained and then the clouds part and you get really pink and orange sunsets in London this week. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been enjoying those too, as Claudio has. So, hey, Claudio, thanks, uh, thanks for sharing that. Right. Uh, uh and the one other thing, Aid, um, before we roll, because uh, Mike didn't mention it, Mike, you did say that um, if we, if anybody's been tempted by the discussion of all the wonderful things that are on your website, and I hope everybody uh, goes and visits shootfilmco.com because it's full of great stuff. As I said, I got my patches from there last year, and um, I'm going to get some more stuff from them very soon, no doubt. I really need to get some photo memo books. Um, you uh, wanted to do a, a special offer code for listeners. Yes. Uh, so go to shootfilmco.com at checkout. Use coupon code SUNNY16. That's S-U-N-N-Y-1-6. And you'll get 20% off of um, the stuff that you buy. Woohoo! Yeah, woohoo indeed. Thank you. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I suggest everybody go there. In fact, as I often do towards the end of the show, I demand that everybody goes to, uh, and uh, buy some stuff uh, from Mike. That, I think... Uh, concludes this week's show um, of course I'd like to say a very big thanks to Mike uh, and as I'm sure Graham will as well uh, Mike we'd love to have you back at some uh, unspecified time in the future and <laughs> oh I gotta do this again <laughs> I like how great that was killing me. It, it might be 10 years down the line we, we'll give you your scorecard later mike let you know how you got on no you've been a no guy. no i i would i i would i would be happy to i didn't i i, I gotta stop myself from nerding out you know i went down that gerhardt steidel uh, uh uh train of thought earlier and i had to stop myself cold man i was about to go on and on so no. but yes i'd love to be on again We'll give you your own spin-off show for stuff like that. That'll be fine. Um, you know, uh, you know, in our world domination for film photography uh, ambition, uh, we need a retail outlet. You've already got one of those. If you want to take uh, jo join the uh, the podcasting network that Sunny Sixteen is about to become, well, you can have your own show. 
the good I like where this is going. going. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, and right, so uh, down to some last uh, contacts and thank yous. You can contact us at Sunny Sixteen Podcast. Works pretty much anywhere. Just shout it as you walk down the street. Uh, tell your paper boy whatever you want, or try it on the internet. Alternatively, at Sunny Sixteen Podcast on Instagram, mostly Graham on Twitter, mostly me on Flickr, both of us. Uh, Sunny Sixteen Podcast at Gmail dot com is the way to send us some slightly longer messages uh, if you would like to do that. And we would also like to thank Chris at pixelatedphotographer.com for hosting the podcast and for all his tech support uh bill for the show notes uh which uh, graham told me in a break earlier on possibly there haven't been as many show notes as we'd like um but uh, graham told me that that's all his fault and not bill's and he is avowed to fix it by the time this show comes out <laughs> no I'll do my best. <laughs> Last let's question. just, you know what? Let's just, let's just throw Bill under the bus. Bill, <laughs> you got to get on it, buddy. Yeah, no, no, it's yeah, all Graham's Bill, fault. It's all I mean, Graham's fault. It is fault. all my fault. But let's throw Bill under the bus anyway, because <laughs> you know, I mean, he's not here. <laughs> but technically, it is all my fault. Yes, Bill's been writing the show notes. I've just not been sharing them with anybody. <laughs> but they're great. I'm really enjoying them. Well, you that's... guys just don't know what you're missing. <laughs> Well, I bet I bet they would be spectacular show notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and last but not least, we need to say thank you to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for the music, uh, for all the music, not just the music uh, that we play on this show. Uh, which brings me to thank you. We will speak to you again next week, and goodbye. Bye. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, it's been great having you on, Mike. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It was so much fun. Uh, you can come back anytime, dude. Anytime. Uh, next time you come on, we can talk about your Minecraft videos that you share on YouTube because we didn't cover that tonight. I really wanted to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>